time for another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place we can say what you want as long as you got them facts. We only have a few segments today, but we are going to go in depth on a few things, particularly uh, this past week in college football. And of course, we got week three of the NFL uh, that I'm going to get into. Sorry about skipping week two, but again, I'm just getting back into the swing of all this. Uh, but uh, we also have a word on the street segment almost messed that up but uh i'm gonna go over a couple topics here for the word on the street of course on the international side of things i want to kind of talk about uh, what's going on uh, between ukraine and russia so let's just go ahead and get into that uh, of course they're still at it we're about 18 months in uh ukraine uh as recently as about uh, almost about a week or so now, uh, but they had uh, taken over a small part of the heavily contested Donetsk region, basically like a little town, you can call it a village, uh, but they ended up, you know, shooting down 17 enemy drones to kind of secure everything, uh, but you know, there's there were over 25 skirmishes just that day, uh, and that was at least uh, Friday. Uh, so we're talking about, you know, 30, almost up to 30 battles going on at one time in these areas. And it's pretty much uh, come down to it seems like, you know, it's a stalemate almost. Uh, it seems that Ukraine, of course, from the beginning almost was able to fight off Russia, at least from their capital and some of their major cities. And now, you know, they're pretty much fighting over the, I guess you would call this the peripheral, almost like, you know, almost to the borders, you know, right now, uh, you know, and but this is areas that Russia had already controlled. They're already fortified. So they're pretty much pushing Russia pretty much back to where they started from the get-go uh in and when i say from the get-go we're talking about 2014 crimea so we're kind of in this this moment right now uh they're just exchanging you know firepower at each other airstrikes missile strikes again i mentioned the drones again we're going up to about 30 battles per day in these different areas uh we also have russia doing what it needs to do to uh pretty much beef up beef up its uh, naval capabilities uh, they brought in two ships two more warships uh, they want to have a fleet of about 30 by the end of the year uh, Ukraine has done some damage uh, on the to their Black Sea uh, fleet they've recently sunk two of those ships so again uh, Russia is looking to make some changes there. They're also upgrading their nuclear submarines in the Pacific now that's very interesting because of course you know Ukraine, not to say that Ukraine doesn't have a navy, they're just not on the Pacific. Now, what's up with this Pacific fleet? What, what are they going to be doing with that? That could be interesting, uh, you know, in the upcoming future. Who knows? Because again, you know, you know, there's been a lot of talk coming from Russia's way, at least about trying to check America uh, and trying to tell them about their involvement. Don't get too involved or we'll do this. Da, 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 da. So, you know, again, he's looking to upgrade his nuclear submarines on the pacific side of the ocean at least you know of course where russia's at so that seems to be like an interesting update but in terms of casualties just to kind of bring it all together uh there's been about 500,000, almost half a million casualties so far 
and the vast majority seems to be uh, you look at a Ukrainian citizens and that's just the unfortunate uh, effect of war if the war was in Russia's background uh, back door uh, of course if you Ukraine had invaded there were in st. Petersburg or Moscow you might see the same type of numbers for civilians it just happens to be on Ukraine's home front right uh, but outside of, outside of that, you have other major losses within the Russian military, almost about 300,000 people either, uh, you know, killed, wounded or, uh, you know, missing in action, if anything, captured, all those things. So, again, it's just a toll and it has been a toll, it seems like, on both co uh, countries, even though Russia is promoting the fact that. You know they're not going to back down they're going to keep revving things up recently they've been talking with one of their allies one of their old school allies going back all the way to uh joseph stalin and uh, kim jong-un's grandpa kim sung you know so they're going back with them and just kind of reaffirming that uh recently they had some deals in which uh for munitions coming from North Korea uh, Russia would pretty much supply them with uh, from what my understanding is it would be uh, rocket technology so uh, look you know we can look more into that if you want but you know we have all these different layers going on there's some proxy shit going on of course Russia is looking to you know rally up its allies again they're getting to get some shit out of them of course you know ukraine has their allies the u.s included we're going to be giving them weapons and it's just going to be an on onslaught of just dead you know people you know and i know you know that sounds a little harsh but that's that's what happens with war and it's just kind of it sucks that we have to still result you know, well, this has to happen this way. Um, I understand, you know, over time, I feel like I understand, I understand, understand, but I understand Russia's view to an extent. You know, you don't want too much Western influence. You don't, you want to protect your borders to some extent to what you feel as though is a, is a threat. But we have to understand here that Ukraine is its own country now. And whatever alliances and allegiances they make, you know, pacts or whatever, that's on them. And Russia has no say so in that. So there's the there's the two. There's where we're at right now. But this is a this is a Kiev and Rus problem. I've said this when this originally started. This is their issue, and uh, they're gonna have to figure this shit out. Um, there's only so much each side can do and their allies can do in terms of sending weapons and doing this or whatever, you know, either there's a, you know, strategic military break within somebody's armor. Uh, we thought that might've happened with Russia and their sort of coup or little disintegration for a moment, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but that didn't, you know, come to fruition and it looks like Russia has, you know, ceased all that. So they live the fight another day. Uh, but, you know, either that or they come together in some sort of armistice, which I really doubt. And unfortunately, there's that there's that ever looming, you know, factor of a, you know, there could be, you know, this proxy war could turn into an all out war between these alliances and between these partnerships, you know, because apparently, you know, Russia still wants, you know, those strong ties with China and they still kind of have them. 
So who knows what could happen within the next year or so. Because it doesn't seem like Russia wants to back off militarily. And it doesn't seem like, you know, Ukraine and its allies are just going to say, oh, well, we give up now and you can come on in. And it's not going to be that. But, you know, again, you know, something's got to give. You know, we're about 18 months in. You know, I don't know what to say, you know, to be honest with you. all I, I think the loss of life is... It's catastrophic and it's unnecessary, particularly since the majority of people that are passing are, again, citizens, you know, and it just sucks that we have to be even if it were again, even if this even if this were to divolve into what, you know, will be considered even a World War Three or, you know, Russia feeling, you know, uh, enough pressure to release those, uh, you know, nukes that they've been talking about, you know, that's going to affect us. You know, and think about it all because people's ego, all because people's lust for power, all because people's lust for income and money. You know what I'm saying? And and we could just talk about how it, it even trickles down into our own everyday. But let's, you know, let's keep it, you know, to Russia and Ukraine right now. But all because of Putin's lust for power or even we can even blame, you know, Ukraine and, and talk about their corruption as well. They're, you know, because they're, you know, again, you look into the facts again, nobody, nobody is a saint in reality and nobody's really the fucking hero in all this. You know, there's a lot of, you know, gray area in which they're both sides are harping on, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, you can't convince me that it's right for one country to invade another. So, you know, I understand even some pushback with the U.N. for wanting to be involved, you know, but it, that's what y'all set up, you know, so y'all supposed to, you know, have these people back. That's what y'all said y'all would do. But even then, there's some, you know, trickery and, and foolery involved. But, you know, that's the fucking problem. There's too much bureaucracy with these people. I talked, I'm going to admit, I, I mentioned this word a lot <laughs> already in my college football segment, but it's something about when these people get together with these laws and these power systems and again well absolute power corrupts you know you have somebody in putin who felt it was within his power to go into somebody else's country and tell them what they need to do and that's what we have right here and again like i said ukraine is not innocent they they played their part of some different uh you know scenarios throughout history so again you know, it's just everybody wants to rule the world and we have to be the cannon father. We have to be the ones to go fight for whatever ideals these people have come up with. And that's and that's fucking sad. Or we or we die because we got a drone dropped on us. And see, and again, you know, I'm talking for the world community when I say we, because remember, America doesn't always doesn't really face these things unless it's like a 9-11 type situation. And even that is murky. You know what I'm saying? Everybody talks about that maybe being a false flag. Y'all want to talk about, you know, these these school shootings everybody thought was fake. Oh man, oh you 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 had to be around to hear some of these 9/11 uh, theories. So come on now. I mean, we I ain't trying to digress too far, but from my points. But you know, I hate the fact that we are the pawns, as in you, me, the. You know, the guys out there in Ukraine, the, the our Russian brothers that got sucked into this because of, of what Putin wanted, his greed, his his lust for power. Again, it's sad, you know, uh, I think it's I think it's fucked up. 
and I, I'm tired of us being used like that. That's but that's me. Uh, but let's move on to some news um, at home. Uh, again, like I said, there's no heroes and all this. And uh, we're going to talk about somebody who's officially on the hot seat in terms of our government. And that is none other than our president, Mr. Joe Oldass Biden himself. Now, Republicans led by the House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy from California, no less. <laughs> there you go. Um, he has pretty much opened up an official, an official impeachment inquiry. And, uh, and this has been pretty much after investigating... Uh, Hunter Biden, of course, Joe's son. Everybody's, you know, I'm pretty sure y'all done heard about him and what he's done did. All the shit, the gun charges, all that, right? Right. Uh, like I said, you know, we talked about it in my last episode, you know, my first episode back, these old ass white men, we keep running back to them. And again, these people, we, we these are supposed to be the reflections of our society supposed to be leaders of our society and this is the type of shit that they condone or allow to happen you know hey <laughs> you know whether it's trump biden it was clinton they all seem to have some sort of scandal they all seem to be you know some type of deviant in some sort of way against the american word and just you know common decency look at what nixon tried to do i mean it's just come on very few of these guys were really solid but again we want to talk we want to argue red and blue republican democrat i keep trying to tell you they all a lot of them not all of them a lot of them sucked but didn't matter the party but anyways let's get into mr joe joe blow right so the Republicans have claimed uh, that the president has been making money off of uh, high, uh, Hunter's business deals re as of recently. And uh, this goes back uh, from 2019 uh, or even for, uh, maybe even farther uh, than that. I'm sorry. I, I wrote this year wrong. I think 2009 all the way to 2017. Hmm. Okay, uh, Biden, uh, even according this again, this is according to their inquiry uh, that he even met with these business partners and all this. Now, this is coming from a former business partner, uh, and he went on to describe this process of, I guess, Joe's involvement. And he pretty much described it as Hunter creating an illusion of access to his father. Now, how I interpreted that, uh, how I interpreted, interpreted that, excuse me, y'all, as a layman, meaning I don't, you know, I'm not into, I'm not into this drama about all about Joe or even if it was about Trump, I didn't give a fuck about his scandals, all that. I just gave a fuck about what they doing and policies and shit. Again, I, I was I was on the bandwagon of bandwagon for impeaching him all the way back when he decided to push the COVID testing or either you had to get uh, a, the COVID vaccine or you had to get tested every week just to go to work. I wanted to impeach him then. This shit right here, it's murky, but I understand it to an extent. But anyways, back to the illusion of access uh, quote here. I think what this guy is saying is that, uh, you know, they didn't have a direct business link with Papa Joe, but he was, you know, in the picture to some extent to say hi or to kind of to or to make people believe that he was definitely in on this. And, you know, Hunter was coordinating all that. 
okay? Which is going to lead to my ultimate feeling about this in just a second that I will share. Now, Papa Joe would talk on the phone with some of these guys, but it it turned out it wasn't about business or nothing like that. Actual, you know, I guess business talk deals, all that type of shit. Uh, even the head of Barisma, the company that was, you know, you know, caught up in the accusations that had to do with Lil Biden, the company that I was working with, uh, that he was working with. They even said that they had no real contact with Papa Joe, no real, you know, connection with him. So what you are, what I am left to take from that. Oh, let's just say this one last fact here. Uh, Republicans also claim that there are records of two, uh, $20 million uh, that were sent uh, pretty much to the Biden family to be divided amongst them. And this was sent to them by their business partners. Uh, now, what ended up happening was pretty much the Biden, uh, whatever Bidens that were involved, they uh, received a sum of $7 million, uh, with the majority of that going to Hunter. And there was no real evidence of this going to Joe. Now, again, at least that's what, you know, I guess, again, is made available to us. Now, what I will say, it just seems to me, yeah, we can't really tell if Prez, the Prez had indirect or direct little, you know, part in all this. He's a factor in what went on. But I, I feel like it's still what you would call a conflict of interest because of what his position was, uh, whether it be back in the day, because uh, they mentioned 2009 when all this started, he would have been the vice president of the United States up until about, well, they said it stopped at about 2017, which would have put him around uh, presidential time, presidential election time. I don't, I can't remember if he, uh, I think he did run that time. No, 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 I think it was Hillary, uh, of course, that 2016, but I can't remember if he was on the ticket as well. But anyways, I believe he was, but you know, but now, even if we talk about his position now as the president, it looks, it looks very shady. And, uh, when it when it comes out looking like that, you're gonna have people coming up with shit like this, and I, they have a right to. I I honestly feel off the top that it is a conflict of interest. I feel like there's a there had to have been some sort of knowledge about what is going on. He can't just be completely in the dark, and you know there's there has to be this almost fake complicitness about it or this fake. Uh, well, I don't know anything at all. That's that part is completely. I don't. I don't buy that. I. I don't think that he knew all the inner workings or everything that these companies were involved in. I, of course, I don't even know. But I think he knew that there was some type of deal that he had to have known these things because he's talking to them. He's meeting them. You know, and he's meeting them with that position. You know that being vice president so i feel like that's a conflict of interest again is it impeachable it happened before his presidency so uh weird you know that's like that's like if trump was still president 
and we legit wanted to impeach him and I'm just throwing this out here as a hypothetical for what happened I don't know uh, what type of scam would he have before oh the Stormy Daniels thing that's like us trying to get him impeached for that that already happened that happened before he was president not during the presidency that's why I feel like it's gonna be a little murky unless they can prove that he's doing he was doing some shit up until this point uh he was involved with hunter then yeah you know and uh, yeah he it, it just doesn't look right because again he's still he's still in contact to some extent with the people that his son was doing these shady business deals with so it's very not a good look but again this happened before his presidency so i don't know where where it could eventually lead i mean again i could be wrong we could be wrong he could be impeached for this for all we know but i just think it's kind of weird to you know I don't know. I mean, because again, I, you, you've heard about all these stories about Hunter. You've heard the stories about, you know, what he did. And it's like, if he got to go to jail, he got to go to jail. But if Joe really didn't have nothing to do with it outside of just being neglectful about what was going on, then yeah, okay. Yeah, you can shame him for that. But I mean, what can you really do, particularly if it happened before he was president? But that's my call. Again, I could be wrong. He could end up being yanked for all, for all we know. All right, y'all, I'm going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get into the sports. Like I said, we have uh, a few things to talk about for college football. Uh, you already kind of know. Come on now. Let's be real. And then we got some NFL. Like I said, week two is in the books. I did miss out. Uh, week three, excuse me. I did miss out on week two. That's my bad, but here we are. All right, y'all, I'll be right back. All right, so before we dig into the college football rankings for this week and also the action from over the weekend, uh, I did want to talk about one headline that I came across uh, lately that I thought uh, was pretty interesting. Uh, that talked about a potential end of college football, at least as we see it right now, uh, at least with the NCAA. Now, there's a report from the Sports Business Journal that claims that at least six uh, sources within the NFL are convinced uh, that uh, at some point the league could bring an end to the NCAA by making its own partnership with these schools directly. Of course, media rights would be included into this. And this is a quote come from, of course, as we always hear them, you know, every sports little story is always an anonymous expert, an anonymous source, but they always want to leave a quote. But here is one. Uh, this uh, anonymous source will go on to say the mess that is college football right now is rife uh, for some type of NFL intervention. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's like that at this very moment. There's some problems that are facing, uh, you know, the the NCAA, but I think college football as a whole, I, I still think, you know, the, the schools and the campuses, the conferences that are around right now, I think they'd want too much control and they want their share. So I don't know if it's going to be an, if it's going to be anytime soon. I if I were to take a guess, it might 
you know, if if there's the formation of these super conferences that they've warned us about with like almost 20 teams, then I think you get to the point, get to that point. Um, what the proposal would be with the NFL is that they would take on the top 50 teams uh, in the nation. And then, you know, like I said, I guess showcase their games and make leagues with, you know, those teams and go from there. You know, I think it's a little weird. And I know that there's issues facing the NCAA as we speak. Of course, um, you know, there's this there's such issues as oh for one a current lawsuit that would classify student athletes as employees so that would mean that the ncaa would true would have to pay these athletes as well as whatever they might end up getting from you know nil uh that you know as with anything in this world we can talk about this and argue about it all day there is pros and there's cons to all this so my whole question would be where would where with all this money coming from, be coming from maybe NIL deals with the schools, maybe a partnership with the NFL would uh, backroll this. Uh, but again, that would that would just af- affect the NCAA uh, as an organization. Or, you know, the NCAA would have to find a way to pay these students. So, um, you know, that would be weird. You know, we also have the issue of realignment. Of course, the Pac-12 is gone. Uh, well, eventually. Uh, we have again some super conferences trying to take shape with the ACC and the Big Ten just to compete with the SEC. So you do have some of that. That could lead to a uh, a collapse within the NCAA. And then of course uh, we have the open transfer portal. But what comes with that is varying uh, eligibility, uh, you know, requirements. Uh, an example of that would be with Tess Walker right now. You know, they seem to be doing him a disservice, of course, that being the NCAA. So this, you know, you know, the organization itself is facing a multitude of issues. Uh, I don't think that an NFL, you know, intervention would fix things right away. Because I think there's a lot of bureaucracy within college sports and it's really embedded. And it's been a part of it for its inception. I think that's why you've seen, you know, the different... You know trends that you've seen now you know of course conference expansion now conferences want to you know realign yet you, you know teams bolting conferences uh you have all this going on right now of course 10 years ago uh colorado was a member of the pac-12 we had utah as well now we flash uh, fast forward uh first it starts with usc and ucla and then you see oregon bolting and then after oregon and, and washington bolt then of course uh you know you had teams like utah and colorado going and finding a new home as well so it's very crazy uh and my also my other thing is if the nfl were to get involved I, what would that do for the you know the lower level teams like Division two, uh, we're talking about um, you know the other college sports as well because of course you know this is this deal will be strictly you know talking about or you know dealing with the college football aspect of it. Well, what about college baseball? What about men and women's basketball, softball, baseball? You know, track and field. You know, things of that nature. Men and women's soccer. Uh, you know, what happens there? You know. These, I I know they're not going to cease to exist, but and I guess you know, for what it's worth, maybe you know, maybe these conferences exist in different sports. Like, for example, you know, we might not have a 
Pac-12 for football, but maybe the Pac-12 in baseball stays the same. Maybe the Pac-12 in basketball. I don't know what happens with all this new conference realignment and what it means for the rest of college sports too. So you know, I you know again, it, it is kind of for what it's worth. It they're right. This expert, anonymous, you know, is right for saying it's a mess. But I think that there's too much bureaucracy to fix it. And again, I, I don't think the NFL just comes in and, you know, if we were to think about the top, just, you know, look at, look at it from the perspective of, yeah, we'll take the top 50, but there's so many other teams that you would leave out. And unfortunately, and, you know, that, you know, that would lose out on this, you know, so we're talking about schools that won't have that extra bread, that extra paper from, you know, whatever TV coverage they do get. I'm wondering about what happens to the Mac schools. What happens to the Bowling Greens of the world, you know? I think about this when I think about realignment and potential super conferences and, you know, I hear about TV rights, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, we already got schools that we, ne- we barely see on TV anyway, you know? And, you know, instead of just, you know, hunkering down and that's just why I just get so, I, I get so frustrated as, you know, what's going on with the Pac-12 because, you know, who knows what, how good Dion can get. And imagine having a fully intact, you know, Pac-12 going to the future with, you know, and I'm going to get into Colorado, (laughs) but I'm just thinking in perspective wise and positively, you know, if we were to have stuck together, you know, you know, telling, you know, the positive, you know, the success we might have had. I think, you know, as we talked last week, you know, or last time around, you know, we failed to win those games. And that's what put us in a situation that we are in now. You know, all these conferences, again, are, yeah, it is a mess. It is a mess. Uh, but conferences, schools, they have a lot of bureaucracy. And, and they are part of the reason, you know, the AD, the well, the commissioners, particularly in the, the case of the Pac-12, uh, you know, they are to blame. For you know what's happened to them in many cases in their conferences and their teams and so on and so forth. You know, uh, Pac-12 has nobody to blame but Larry Scott. Dumbest, dumbest move was to make him our commissioner. Now we don't have a conference, and uh, who knows? Within maybe ten or fifteen years, maybe we are just a minor league for the NFL. I don't know. Maybe you don't have college football existing in, in which we've ever seen. Maybe it is just a factory for you know for the NFL. Who knows? And, you know, maybe, you know, for the guys that want to play football and, and maybe they might not reach in the field, maybe they just, you know, go the D2 route. But, you know, they won't be they won't have that prestige of, I don't know, television and all that. Anyways, it's a lot going on right now. I think this is a lot of speculation because, again, I don't think the bureaucracy, <laughs> I keep bringing it up, but the, the politics that these these universities play. I think they'd make it very difficult for the NFL to intervene and want to fuck with it. Long story short. So this, this, you know, it's probably out there. It's probably looming, but I say it'll, it's going to take a little while. It'll, it'll take a little while for that to really, really happen for real. So let's move on to what, what is real? What is going on? We have a new top 25 going into the week. Uh, let's quickly go over these teams. Some things have changed. Some things, you know, of course, they remain the same. Uh, we're going to start things off at number 25. 
five. Uh, we have, I believe that's Florida. Yes, two and one is their current record. They had a decent win, actually a pretty good win uh, last week uh, at home versus Tennessee. Did their thing, so they're back in the rankings. We have at number 24, Iowa. They are undefeated, 3-0. At number 23, we have Tennessee. They moved down 12 spots uh, since that ugly loss uh, last weekend or, you know, this past weekend. 2-1 and one right now. We have a, a few undefeated teams here. A good stretch of them. UCLA at number 22, 21. We have Washington, uh, Miami, uh, of course, and Colorado. They did drop a spot. Again, we will be talking about that game in a little bit, uh, their last game. Uh, but they're all 3-0. Uh, just like the next uh, group of teams we have here, uh, we have Duke here at 18, UNC here at uh, 3-0 as well, Oklahoma at number 16. They all moved up three spots as well. Uh, number 15, we have Ole Miss. Of course, we have Oregon. Oregon State at number 14. Both of those guys are undefeated. We have Bama here at two and one. They dropped three spots, uh, three spots, excuse me. And that streak of 128 weeks within the top 10 of the AP poll, it's over. That's uh, that's crazy to see. You know, who knows how far they drop. If they do, I mean, they could write the ship. Again, I have an SEC preview waiting for y'all as well. Uh, we have a number 12, LSU. They are also 2-1. and one. And number 11, we have Utah. Again, another undefeated team. At number 10, we have Oregon. Uh, they've moved up three spots. Uh, we have Notre Dame here uh, at number 9. 4-0, oh, of course, they played week 0. At number 8, we have Washington. Penn State at number 7. At number 6, we have Ohio State. Number 5, we have 3-0 and oh, USC. The last game was an easy victory in the past. 12 uh, 56 to 10 versus Stanford we have uh, four at number four uh, FSU kind of played a you know uh, somewhat of a you know suspicious game you know with Boston College they could have lost that one but they pulled it out in the end hey it is what it is they do switch bots with Texas who's the new number three for the week they are both three and oh we have Michigan and, and of course Georgia rounding out the top 25 so like I said some changes you know, we have a new team on the block with Florida. We have some teams drop. We have some teams rise. It is what it is. Uh, so let's get into the scores, of course. We got to talk about how we got here. And, um, yeah, let's start off with uh, our Thursday night game. Uh, we have uh, Miami getting it done against Bethune-Cookman. Not too much to say here. Uh, we do have an upset, though, on Saturday. Uh, Kansas State, again, you don't hear about them in the rankings right now because, again, this is why they lost to Missouri on the road, 30-27. to They're, of course, 2-1 in the year. Uh, we also got uh, Mizzou going on to be remaining undefeated at 3-0. Uh, Will Howard uh, was under center for K-State 25-39, 279 yards to the air, three touchdowns but he would throw a pick. Treshawn Ward, uh, he, Ward, excuse me, he would have just 54 yards on the ground uh, but tight end Ben Sinot, uh was a standout for the offense. Uh, five catches from him, 78 yards, two touchdowns and on defense, linebacker Danny Green will get you nine total tackles, a sack and two and a half uh, tackles for loss. We also got safety Kobe Savage with eight total tackles and a tackle for loss. For Mizzou, Brady Cook will lead the offense with two, going 23 to uh, 35 through the air, 356 yards. He would score twice through the air, once on the ground. Uh, but again, this, both of these teams kind of struggled on the ground. Mizzou would only get 74 total yards, but again, 
you know, their win wasn't predicated on running the ball. That's good for them. Luther Burden, seven total catches from him, 114 yards, two touchdowns. Missouri would force three sacks. Chris uh, Chris Abrams, Drain, would come up also uh, big on the defensive end, getting that pick, as we mentioned before. We got Penn State getting it done against Illinois, 30-13. to As I mentioned, FSU uh, played a very close, tight game with Boston College. It wasn't supposed to go go like that but again it happens uh 30 to 31 to 29 is the final score uh you know boston college came to play uh florida state does have some questions and this is for all the colorado fans who say you don't talk that's going to complain or whatever they've been complaining you you don't talk about the other teams y'all don't talk about the other teams who struggle in the top whatever we all did we all roasted bama bama dropped three spots they're no longer in the top 10 for the first time in 128 weeks what are y'all talking about every team that played a sloppy game was you know chastised by moving down on the ranks so don't y'all start bitching and moaning because everybody started to hold y'all accountable because y'all was the favorite going into this week again we'll get to that uh Boston College, uh, they're one and two right now. Uh, but for this game, FSU was led by Jordan Travis, of course, sixteen to twenty-four, two hundred and twelve yards, two touchdowns. Trey Benson will get you sixty-eight yards on the ground at the touchdown. Johnny Wilson will be the team's leading receiver, four catches, one hundred and five yards, and Jaheim Bell, uh, another standout offensively as well, five uh, five receptions for seventy-six yards. He would also catch a touchdown pass. The Seminoles will give up two fumbles. Uh, that wasn't a good look. Again, those extra possessions made that game a little bit closer. But defensively, linebacker DJ Lundy will get you an interception. But he would also score on the offensive end as well, getting a, uh, getting them a rushing touchdown. Uh, but but for, uh, but for Boston College, uh, Thomas Casianos uh, had a pretty damn good game. Uh, he would go on to go uh, 20 or 33. Uh, he would also have 305 yards to the air, uh, the touchdown. But he again. Threw a pick, but he would score on the ground. So a decent game nonetheless. Kai Ribichau, uh, he would have 64 yards on the ground. He would also score. And then we have Lewis Board. He would get you three catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. And defensively, we got a defensive back, sorry, linebacker Cam Arnold, who got you nine total tackles. We got Mississippi State taking an L here to LSU, 41-14. to We got Utah getting it done against Weber State. Again, one of those easy cupcake games 31 to 7 uh we have notre dame in the cupcake game this time against central michigan 41 to 17 a lot of those uh but um moving on to a more i guess prestige type of game oh yeah we might as well talk about uh colorado colorado state again um let's just keep it real i know what people are gonna want to say because you know what i realized you know, and I used to be like this when I was younger. A lot of people, they don't take criticism well. They don't like criticism. They don't like when you don't go along with the actual popular narrative and what people, you know, want to say, right? Well, okay, first things first, Colorado gets the win. Final score, 43-35, to 35, two overtimes against the unranked uh, team, um, Colorado State, their rival, right? And let's be real here. First thing, uh, you know, let's talk about before we get into the final score, what I saw in the game. You know, people are they love to hype certain things. First and foremost, I understand this team only won one game last year. OK, but guess who it was against? 
Colorado State. So this game really, I mean, we can call it a rivalry game, but this isn't a, a game that you would say that you would worry about. Sorry. You know, I'm an Oregon fan, right? We face the Beavers and our, our main rivals and Washington. For what it's worth, yeah, there's stretches in which we're dominant against Oregon State, but every now and again, like last year, they'll beat us. Washington, when they're on their A game, you know, we've had stretches against them, but if you look at our overall series, they lead that. But again, it's been a lot more close in, you know, modern era, meaning we beat them. They beat us. You know, it, it goes back and forth a little bit. That's that's a real rivalry. Um, as far as this rivalry is concerned, you know, I guess it's an in-state rivalry, so I don't want to put it down too much. But again, this is a game that Colorado wins. Okay, they were like 14 and five against them since 2003. They won five straight against this team. This wasn't a game that, you know, was going to make or break y'all. Now, it was a solid week one win. Again, I came to y'all with some things that they could have approved on. I talked about the running game. I talked about the defense. Uh, I thought Shiloh Sanders was pretty damn good. And um, for what it's worth, none of that really changed. Uh, Shiloh, uh, sorry, not Shiloh Sanders, but Shadur Sanders. Again, uh, another solid performance last week, 38 to 47, 348 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Now, again, no rushing game. 70 total rushing yards, zero touchdowns. And you will say, well, but they got the win. I'm going to tell you this. It's okay to have a balanced offense, y'all. It's okay to be able to run the ball, okay? And I know for everybody who's going to say a win is a win or whatever, this is analysis, okay? The whole point is to look past the box score and just the final score and really dig, dig into these stats and take things away from this game. And just because Colorado got the win doesn't mean they're above reproach, just like Alabama. Alabama beat USF on the road, yeah, ooh, by, by 17, 17 to 3, and they dropped in the rankings by three spots. Okay, that's how ugly that game was. Y'all, for what it's worth, you came into this game um, the favorite by 25 points. Again, you had to go to two overtimes to beat them, which is indicative of why you dropped in the rankings. It is what it is. Now, it's okay to call out that you only had 70 rushing yards. I know y'all want to. That's why people call it glazing and meat riding i'm not gonna i don't want to get into that because you have you have one section of people that are gonna say you're a meat rider you're this and then you have other people who say, you're a hater you're this. first of all it's okay to look at the stats and say they could improve here it's okay to say that they did not play good defensively and they didn't okay y'all gave up 35 points to an unranked team at home again you were favored by 25 Braden, Fowler, Nicolosi, pretty solid game despite the three turnovers, which were costly. I think they had a couple fumbles as well. Four turnovers, it was four total turnovers, right? So that doesn't help. They also had 17 penalties, you know, that being Colorado State. So there were some things that held them back in this game. But their receivers, they made y'all cornerbacks look bad. And I know what y'all going to say. Oh, but our best defense, but okay. Travis Hunter was out. Okay, fine. He was out of this game. Right. I'll give him 35. Yeah. Okay. But he was in the lineup week one when y'all played TCU and gave up what? How many points? 42. Okay. Right. So can we get out of the excuses? It's okay to be critical. 
Just because it's, a, and I understand, you know, he's a black coach, he's this, and, but there's so many black coaches in college football, okay? It's not, it's not a unicorn thing anymore. That's why he has to do what he has to do to draw y'all in. He's creating this, you know, sh and that's cool. As long as y'all win, whatever, cool. And I'm going to tell y'all right now, y'all got three okay wins. You get to beat TCU, who's not ranked no more. We'll see how that, that, that win ages. I'm just saying, you blew out Nebraska. Again, y'all going to talk about how it's a rivalry game, but we all know Nebraska's trash. Good for you. Pat yourself on the back. Okay, and then you got this win last week against this, you know, this Rams team that, you know, gave y'all multiple penalties. They gave y'all multiple times to tie it and win it. You should have blown them out. Like y'all said y'all would. See, and don't tell us, don't don't start telling us little excuses like, well, we didn't come up with the favorites. We didn't we didn't determine the favorites. That was that was Vegas and all. But again, y'all turned around to talk about how y'all was going to beat them by 200 because of the drama that Jay Norville put out there. Okay, so let's shut up. Listen to the listen to the listen to some actual other shit instead of just meat. Uh, instead of instead of the meat writer hater conversations. Okay, it's okay to have a decent running game. You want to know why? Because not only does it you know balance you out, it gives you you can score with it, whatever. It also kills the clock. You sustain drives that way. I don't think Colorado State puts up 35 points if you have long sustaining drives and you can only do that with a running game. It's okay to score and, and dink and down, go the ball down the field, score every two seconds, fine. If that's what you have to do to keep up with a certain offense, whatever. But again, just like with the TCU game, you would have been able to blow them out too, or at least win by a, a, mar a wider margin just by keeping the ball away from them. Y'all had just, y'all had about three turnovers yourselves. 10 penalties, 4-13 on third down versus Colorado State. Stop it. And I know what y'all going to say, but we were suspected. We only won one game. Okay, but I don't think anybody came into the season thinking y'all would be the exact same team as, as, as much as y'all might have surprised some people and defied some people's expectations nobody thought y'all was gonna be a dumpster fire get the fuck out of here so the fact of the matter is you had expectations going to week three let's be honest you didn't meet them and again y'all had y'all had y'all do what you guys do well but you still have holes within your game rams we're able to force four sacks. Muhammad Kamara, much as y'all complained about him, listen, he got to y'all. Again, Shadur, in certain instances, he might look great. He still can throw picks. He ain't perfect. Okay? Bottom line is, those receivers dog y'all. Torrey Horton, 16 catches, 133 yards. It's okay to call that out. Okay. It, it you know we can we can talk about it. They're tight end, six catches, two touchdowns, 109 yards. They got at you. What held again? What held them back was definitely the, the penalties and them playing an emotional game with y'all. They lit the they lit they lit the shit they lit the, they lit the shit talk and get to them. 
and they came out like that. It's a rivalry game on top of that, and y'all shitting on them and talking shit to them. What did y'all think was going to happen? Of course you're going to get hit in the mouth. Why y'all acting like y'all surprised? Why y'all, oh, they so dirty. They this, da, 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 da. How you expect them to play, uh, you know, with you when you done been talking down about them the whole week and say they ain't shit and trying to act like they just, you know, trying to front on them like they some women or some bitches or some shit. I'm just saying what you think was going to happen. I'm just... <laughs> Again, that's how that's how it was back in the day in the old school. I don't know why y'all see. It's like y'all act like y'all want old school and y'all want tough love and y'all want the shit to be tough and then shit get tough on you. Oh, oh, they played dirty. They was hitting us and they oh, he sent, they sent Travis Hunter to the hospital. He, he cool now. He said it's part of the game. It happens. He cool. Shit, I I played on motherfucker. I played against team. They'll just outright tell you, bro. We gonna come after your shit. We gonna kick in the nuts, hit you in the butt. What the fuck you gonna do, bitch and moan? Nigga? Coach, they gonna hit me in the nuts. Oh, coach, they, ooh, they hit me, man. Get that shit up out of here, man. That's again. They they did play a little bit emotional, but again, you know, it's a rivalry, and you was talking shit. Like, I mean, come on, like, that's, that's football, man. If y'all go at like, like that, like, I don't even want to listen to the fan base. Again, I, it, this is just like with a lot of different teams. The, the team itself, the coach, the players, you can respect them. You understand, but it's the fan bases. Y'all, y'all some, y'all some casuals and you meet riding casuals on top of that. Y'all don't even watch the shit like that until this year. So I, a lot of y'all, 90% of these out of nowhere, out the, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a Colorado fan now. Get the fuck on up out of here. That's, that's the one pushing these old bullshit arguments. Every time you say something that's contrary, not even contrary, but just a critique. Oh, you a hater. You a hater. Nigga, they gave up about 450 yards to a weak-ass team. What do you mean? They got sacked two, three, four times by a weak-ass team. They had to go to overtime twice to beat this weak-ass team, bro. I'm not, I'm not getting, I'm not buying it like that. Great win because they only, good win. Because it was like week one, it's week three now. Again, they only won one game last year, even though the game that they won was against this team. But again, y'all keep acting like this was some, oh, they needed this was a must win. This is a, a, a always you win. <laughs> we talking about some, like, you know what I'm saying? But I get it. You know what I'm saying? People have put y'all little team down because the way y'all be acting, that don't bother me. Because I'm, I, listen. I'm more concerned about what y'all do on the field. That's why when, you know, you had, I, I bring this up sometimes, uh, Zach Wilson, Zach motherfucking Wilson, right? Over there with the Jets, right? Remember when he got caught up with, a, you know, the, the dude's mom and all that, and that became the main, you know, and that's what it, what happened. He, he beca- That was his main little thing, and he never became a good quarterback. Y'all could literally just be the team that brings in rappers and all that, and y'all could be just... Five and four at this year, and I know people gonna be mad when they hear that take or whatever. But it's it's possible. Let's be real here, y'all not that great. I know y'all don't want to hear it, but again, again, y'all don't y'all don't nobody nobody is gonna need two to- overtimes to beat Colorado State, bro. I'm sorry, nobody that's good. Now, y'all on y'all way, y'all developing, so y'all beat them, right? But no, nah, bro, y'all y'all left a lot to be desired in terms of y'all defense. And, again, y'all running game, y'all running game cannot sustain drives and keep the ball of another offensive hands. 
offense's hands. That's all. It's not y'all not terrible. I'm not gonna say y'all trash, but again, y'all just gotta work on some things, and it's gonna show up when you really face good opponents. The reason why you got the win, despite having all that go against you, is because it was Colorado State, and they gave you 17 penalties on top of that. So y'all can have it, take it, take it, because y'all got two back-to-back games coming up. <sighs> good luck. That's all I'm gonna say. Good luck. If you win them both, hey, I'll shut up. You win one of them, I'll give you some respect. Just one of them, I'll give you some respect. I don't care who it's against. And you know I love the Ducks. You beat my Ducks, hey, I'll give you even more pats on the back. Maybe I won't be as critical. But, again, you needed two overtimes to beat Colorado State. I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. Just like Alabama looked terrible versus USF. They only put up 17 points on USF terrible but they dropped three spots so you know that's what i'm saying don't y'all just don't like criticism deal with criticism that's a part of life bro that's y'all tripping too hard all right y'all let's move on to the nfl all right so let's take a look at week two of the nfl uh we have thursday night action with the vikings uh coming up a little bit short against the eagles 28 to 34 the eagles moved to 2-0 and in the year the vikings uh haven't got their first win they sit at uh sit at 0 and 2 uh for minnesota kirk cousins would go 31 of 44 364 yards he would throw two touch four touchdown passes uh excuse me so he's not to blame uh they did have an issue with running the ball though just 28 rush yards it's funny because uh pretty much uh philly couldn't throw the ball but uh, Minnesota couldn't run the ball. Uh, Jalen Hurts would just go 18 to 23 through the air. He would throw a touchdown. He would throw a pick, 193 yards. Uh, but he would score twice on the ground. Uh, DeAndre Swift would help them out on the ground as well with 175 yards and a touchdown. Uh, for Minnesota, they were uh, you know helped out by Justin Jefferson on the receiving end. 11 sorry, 11 catches from him, 159 yards. T.J. Hawkinson had a pretty good game as well. Uh, seven catches from him, 60 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, you know, Minnesota, actually both teams kind of started off a little bit slow. Uh, actually, I think it was like uh, maybe 13-7, something like that, going into the half. So not many points scored. Uh, they started really kind of picking up in the second half. Um, but uh, defensively for Minnesota, they were able to get after Justin Hurts a couple times. I think that uh, affected his ability to throw the ball a little bit. Danielle Hunter. Hunter would end, up, would end up with three sacks. Uh, Theo Jackson would end up with an interception. Uh, back to the Eagles offensively, uh, they got help from Devontae Smith. Four catches of uh, 131 yards, he would score. Zach Cunningham on the defensive end would get you eight total tackle, tackles. And Jordan, J, Jordan Davis and Josh Sweat uh, would get uh, some sacks as well. Now, uh, moving on, we got the Bengals uh, getting it done. Actually taking a L here against the Bengals, 27-24. to 24. Uh, Lamar, uh, he looked actually pretty solid after a certain point in this one. He made some really high-caliber plays. Uh, particularly, there was this fake shovel pass that I liked uh, that he did. A couple deep throws down the field. I think one of them went to uh, Nelson Aguilar. Oh, Zay Flowers had a pretty solid game as well. It uh, looked like uh, the Bengals still are trying to figure things out somewhat offensively. Joe Burrow didn't look that great. I didn't really 
remember a running game, seeing a running game. Uh, so they're working out some kinks, uh, but they played it close. Uh, we have the Lions getting it done against the Seahawks. Sorry, I keep reading the scores wrong. The Seahawks, they get it done against the Lions, 37 to 31. We have the Colts here getting a win against the Texans, 31 to 20. We have the Bears taking a loss here, uh, this time to the Buccaneers, 17 to 27. Justin Fields does not look good at all. I don't want to say, say it to just be negative, but he kind of looks like a bust right now. Just saying. Uh, the Chiefs, uh, they get it done. Uh, they get their first win of the year. They beat the Jags 17-9. We have the Packers here. Uh, they get a, a take a L here uh, to the Falcons. A little bit surprising, 25-24. to uh, My Raiders, of course, they get their asses whooped 38-10 by the Bills. Uh, both teams are 1-1. One bills had a good win they couldn't they couldn't go through you know you know uh, they just they just they just i mean sorry they they couldn't go down oh and two so uh you know it is it is what it is they they beat us down we did not look good at all. But uh, Jimmy G, 16 to 24, 185 yards. Uh, he would throw a touchdown. He would throw a pick. Josh Jacobs would have negative two rushing yards. And I, looking at his performances in Week One and Week Two, I think he had four, he has just 46 total yards in the season. Uh, it made me think about <laughs> you know how we had you know some drama with the running backs over the offseason. I, I think I want to have a tracker uh, <laughs> about you know with how well they're doing. Uh, since they, you know, because it just seems like, you know, there was just so much, you know, emphasis made on how much they're getting paid, how much this is that, whatever, what's guaranteed. And it just seems like a bunch of these running backs, even some of the quarterbacks that they signed are coming out flat right now. And it's just very interesting to see. It's just like, whoa, OK, you know, we spent the whole summer talking about how diverse these guys are, how important these guys are now. We got Josh Jacobs getting negative two yards. Whoa. Okay. Uh, but uh, defensively for Vegas, what could what can you really say? Uh, gave up too many points, too many yards. I'm not getting into all that. You know, uh, we looked very bad. That's all I'm gonna say. I I don't even think we had 200. I think we had just barely over 200 yards offensively. So, uh, you know. Anyways, moving on to Buffalo, Josh Allen, 31 of 37, uh, 274 yards, uh, three touchdowns. Again, made us look very bad. James Cook, shit, he didn't, uh, you know, disappoint either. 123 yards on the ground. Uh, we also got Damian Harris, and I think, uh, yeah, Damian Harris, I think somebody else, but uh, two people would score. Uh, but uh, defensively, uh, Matt Milano uh, also, uh, he would get an interception. I think somebody else would too. I I don't have that. Oh, I think it's uh, oh, I don't have that other name here. But Matt Milano, he forced the interception, again. Just all around, not a great game at all by any stretch of the imagination for the Raiders. But uh, moving on, we have the Titans. Uh, they get it done against the Chargers in overtime, twenty-seven to twenty-four. We have the Dolphins. They get a win against the Patriots. One of those early. Uh, early season or like early in the season wins that Miami seems to get every now and again, even, even back when, uh, you know, they were good. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just kind of Miami. What Miami does. Uh, we have the Niners. They go to two and zero with a win against the Rams. We have the Cardinals here. Uh, they take a loss here to the Giants. They go down to two zero and two on the year. The Giants. They're uh, one and one. Uh, final score thirty one to twenty eight. 
Uh, we had a pretty decent game uh, from Daniel Jones. He scores on the ground. Uh, he scored a couple times through the air, if I'm not mistaken, maybe just once through the air. Uh, but the problem here with these guys is uh, Jalen, not Jalen Brown, but Saquon Barkley. Uh, I don't know where I got Jalen Brown from, but Saquon Barkley, uh, he suffered a significant in injury. I don't know to the extent just yet. He's getting an MRI, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Um and they were also, they, they did struggle. Uh, they were actually shut out in the first half. And they ended up finding their way back with some good plays. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones made a couple of those. Uh, you know, J Jalen Hyatt on the receiving end was helpful there. 89 uh, receiving yards from him. Oh, Saquon Barkley did score a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown. So, again, they were to pull some things off, and they got it done. For Arizona, Joshua Dobbs will go 21-31. Uh, for 228 yards, he would throw a touchdown, but uh, he would uh, also run for a touchdown as well. James Conner would score, uh, and also he would have 106 yards on the ground. The leading receiver will be Marquise Brown, six catches from him, 54 yards. And, um, yeah, I think he would score. And then Kaiser White and Dennis Gardeck on the defensive end would force sacks. Jalen Thompson would get you seven total tackles and uh, an interception. Um, yeah, moving on, uh, we have, uh, oh, uh, here's an interesting one. Uh, the New York Jets. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No Aaron Rodgers. No problems, right? <laughs> you know how, I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm being too negative about it. Maybe he can um, come back, but he's already talking about, yeah, yeah, um, you know, when the playoffs come, um, you know, I should be back. I'm ready to lead this team. And I'm just like, are y'all even going to make it, bro? I know that sounds nice, and I don't want to, you know, be negative, but is the team itself that good uh they lose to the cowboys did anybody you know was anybody surprised by this one i wasn't but i just want to know is anybody out there surprised about this one 30 to 10 was the final score uh for new york zach wilson went 12 of 27 170 yards a touchdown three interceptions and that's with aaron Rodgers giving him advice i mean yeah what can you say? <laughs> Just terrible. Terrible. 12 first downs, 1 and 10 on third down, uh, 4 total turnovers, 215 total yards. They only had the ball for about 17 minutes. That's how bad they were. But again, hey, they're going to go to the playoffs and Aaron Rodgers is going to come back for them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. that's That was hilarious. I mean, come on. I mean, I'm not saying that he can't be healthy again. He could, hypothetically speaking, he could be fit to play. It's not like he can't be fit to play while the season's still going or while the playoffs start, but I highly doubt that the Jets will be in the playoffs. That's the problem. Uh, but anyways, for Dallas, um, Dak would go 31-38, 255 yards. He would throw a touchdown. Let's take a look at his interception counter because remember he said, I'm not going to throw more than 11. So far through two weeks, He's thrown zero. So, that is just two weeks. We got a whole season to go through. We have Tony Pollard here, 72 rushing yards. Uh, we have CeeDee Lamb, uh, 11 receptions, 143 yards. And we have tight end Jake Ferguson. He would score. Micah Parsons would get you two sacks. And Malik Hooker and J. Ron Curse, as well as Trayvon Diggs, will all get picks. Uh, we have... Uh, 
AFC NFC matchup with the Commanders getting the win here against the Broncos. Uh 35-33. Uh 2-0 is the record now for DC. Denver drops to 0-2. Sam Howe looking pretty damn good. 27 to 27 to 39. 299 yards. A couple uh touchdowns as well. Brian Robinson Jr., 89 yards, two touchdowns. We also have Terry McLaurin with five catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown. Logan Thomas uh, will get you a uh, get you a touchdown as well. Um, you know, we also got uh, them forcing seven sacks. They will get eight penalties. It is what it is. Um, you know, but they got the win. You know, but again, they, you know, they gave up 33 points. Denver had it. They played it close. You know, they they damn near could have forced overtime had they would have made the two-point conversion, that being the Broncos, but it didn't happen. Russ, he didn't play a bad game. Uh, You know, three touchdowns. He would throw a pick, 18-32, 308 yards. Not bad by any stretch. Uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, uh, McLaughlin would have a rushing touchdown. Marvin Mims will get you two catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and uh, overall, you know, they didn't, like I said, they didn't play a bad game. It just came up a little bit short. Jonathan Cooper on the defensive side of things will get you two sacks. So, again, uh, you know, you know, hey, they came up short, but it is a loss is a loss. You know, hopefully they'll pull something out in the coming weeks. Let's move on to Monday night. Uh, we have a doubleheader. We had a doubleheader. The Steelers, they got it done against the uh, Browns in the AFC matchup, 26-22. to Both teams are 1-1. One one. For the Browns, Deshaun Watson uh, will go 22-40. Uh, he would throw a touchdown. He would throw a pick. Jerome Ford will lead things on the ground with 106 yards. He would also have a receiving touchdown. Pierre Strong Jr. would have a rushing touchdown. And Amari Cooper will be the team's leading receiver with seven catches at 90 yards. Grand Delpit would get things cracking on the defensive side with six total tackles and an interception. Sion Takitaki would get you a sack. Uh, some bad news for my Browns fans. Nick Chubb will be out for the year with a very serious knee injury. So it was so bad that they didn't even want to show us. Damn. Uh, they were 5-16 and 16 on third down. Eight penalties. Four total turnovers. And that's not going to get it you know, it comes back to bite you. Those, I mean, again, in the pros, in higher levels of college football, penalties and not being able to do certain things offensively come back to haunt you. Turnovers, they haunt you. You know, that's how I look at it. Kenny Pickett would go 15 to 32, 120 yards, 22 yards to a touchdown. He would throw a pick. Only 55 total rushing yards. Nigel Harris will get the bulk of that with 43. George Pickens will be your team's leading receiver. Four catches for 127 yards. He would score. Defensively, Alex Highsmith Jr. had a pretty damn good game, to say the least. Seven total t- uh, tackles. He will get a sack and an interception. And we got Quan Alexander, who got you nine tackles. And then the Cleveland would end up forcing... Um, Six total sacks. Moving on to the NFC matchup, we have uh, the Panthers. Uh, they get it done against the Saints, twenty to seventeen. Not bad. Uh, David Carr gets his second win of the year. All right, y'all. I am gonna call it a wrap uh, for tonight. I am gonna get uh, get back into it in the next couple of days. I did want to have a discussion, uh, more so uh, NFL oriented, about uh, turf versus uh, grass. Uh, of course, uh, there's been a lot of complaints, uh, particularly recently with Aaron Rodgers going down with his injury. 
about turf and how unsafe it is for these players. So I wanted to get into that discussion. Uh, I also want to get into course any you know world news u.s news uh, of course college football we have week four coming up so maybe uh if i can get some time in before the, before the weekend maybe i can get you guys a preview i want to break down colorado versus oregon that's one of the main things i want to do and in terms of the mlb uh we have some standings that i want to look at of course we'll look at the most recent scores and then shia otani is on the move so we got to talk about that we got to talk about the al uh the al race sorry the al race for mvp the nl race for mvp the cy young award as well so there's a lot to get back into I'm taking my time and I'm going to work my way into it. If you uh, need to hear from me or if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can. Uh, it is Jamal E-L-J-A-M-A-H, 791. Of course, at Gmail, of course, you can follow. I mean, sorry, not Gmail, but uh, Instagram. Uh, I will leave my Gmail uh, link available for you guys if you want to follow hit me up directly uh we also got the youtube channel never out of bounds same name as the podcast you can also check that out as well i got some content that i am finishing up for that as well so uh look out for that uh please make sure to like subscribe to everything to get the notifications follow me on instagram as well i will be posting some threads there soon so all right y'all if anybody hasn't told you yet i love you peace out one love and i'll let you later